back to another episode of the Surma Pod. This is the podcast for the Sports and Entertainment Risk Management Alliance. I'm Rich Lenkov, the founder and CEO of Surma, and I'm also the host of the podcast, and we are very honored to have a very distinguished guest today, Professor Kermit Roosevelt, who is the David Berger Professor for the Administration of Justice at the University of Pennsylvania School of Law. Professor, welcome to the Surma Pod. Thanks for having me. We're talking today about uh, the uh, Young Thug trial in which there is an attempt to use his lyrics uh, as part of an allegation against him. And then glo- more globally, the issues surrounding the use of such lyrics uh, in prosecutions aside from this trial, which is a growing trend among prosecutors. So let's talk about this case uh, specifically. So this is a trial that is going on in Atlanta and Young Thug is being accused of uh, 88 pages from an indictment, um, an 88-page indictment, I should say. A young thug whose real name is Jeffrey Lamar Williams uh, is being accused of a variety of crimes, including racketeering charges dating back to 2013. Uh, The counts include uh, possession of drugs, illegal firearms, armed robbery, assault, and attempted murder. Um, Lots, it's a very sweeping indictment. Lots of people are involved, but what is very interesting from our perspective is the attempts to use some of his lyrics, things like, I'm prepared to take them down. I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that body. Uh, this is in his capacity, a young thug as founder of Young Slime Life, which is an alleged criminal street gang that began in 2012 that's affiliated with the National uh, Blood Gang. Um, so let's pick it up from there. Um uh, Professor, first of all, there's a number of potential issues with the use of lyrics in this capacity. There's allegations of violations of um, the First Amendment, obviously. I know you've addressed that, but I also think that you think there's more of a 14th Amendment uh, allegate, uh, you know, uh, potential problem. What, where, where do you see that issue lying? Well, so what I mean by that is I don't think that there's an argument you can make in court that the 14th Amendment prohibits the government from using rap lyrics. Um, I mean more, there's a racial element to this that we should be concerned about, you know, and people are introducing legislation to restrict the use of rap lyrics, which I think is the appropriate response. I don't think like constitutional litigation in the courts is going to get you there. But because we're dealing with a predominantly African-American form of expression, I think, you know, anytime in this country you have something that is associated with African-American culture, there's a danger that that is going to be misunderstood and that bias is going to affect the way people interpret it. Now, it's very common as, you know, to your point, it's very common, uh, some types of this music that people uh, take on a persona, right? Uh, and that persona is of criminal activity. And in many of these lyrics, the uh, artist is talking, singing, rapping in a way that's associated with criminal life. But that's just a song, right? And that's the whole point, I I think, here is that uh, how can you credibly use the uh, piece of art, in this case, rap lyrics, as a confession or or, or as part of an allegation that there's criminal activity? Yeah, it's just a song, right? And so I, I think there are two points to be made related to that. One is rap is maybe susceptible to greater misuse because I think it's more part of rap culture and tradition to talk about committing crimes. 
Um, but the other thing is people do this in other forms of music too, where the government, I think, wouldn't think about using those lyrics. So like Taylor Swift, I always say, sort of brags about murdering her friend's husband in No Body, No Crime. But no one would think that you could charge Taylor Swift based on that. Um, and, you know, some of that has to do with the fact that Taylor Swift is a white woman. Yeah, I can think of another example. Uh, you know, it used to be called the Dixie Chicks, now the Chicks, right? They had that famous hit, Goodbye Earl, in which they the whole song is devoted to the same type of uh, theme, which is uh, killing an abusive individual. Um, and that song was quite celebrated. I guess, you know, the difference is perhaps that Taylor Swift hasn't been charged with a crime and Young Thug has. Right. So if Taylor Swift actually had a friend named Esty and the friend disappeared and then the friend's husband disappeared and the body was dumped from a boat, at a certain point you get to where there's information in the song that really relates to the crime. And so in the Young Thug trial, there have been crimes, I guess, right? People have, someone did these bad things. And the question is, was it him? And sometimes, you know, if the song lyrics reflect information that only the criminal would know, then I would say, yeah, sure, definitely. That's like a confession. But it sounds to me like they're using much more general stuff where he's just sort of saying, like, I'm a dangerous person. I do these things. And that seems much more likely to me to be the construction of a persona. And so you don't want the jury to be misled. You know, we're really concerned about accuracy here, primarily. We're also concerned a little bit about chilling free expression. We're concerned about racial bias. But if you're trying to get an accurate verdict out of the jury, you don't want to give them stuff that they will misunderstand. You don't want to give them stuff that just makes them think this is a bad, dangerous person. And that kind of view sticks more easily to a black man than to Taylor Swift. Picking up on that, I mean, why should the prosecutor be, why should any prosecutor be uh, concerned about that? Why shouldn't they just throw up all evidence that's often, you know, obviously meets the criteria of relevance and it's got to be material, but why shouldn't they put all evidence in regardless of race and let the jury decide? Isn't that the purpose of the jury system? Well, we have different kinds of gatekeepers there, you know, so the Prosecutor can't find an expert who's going to say whatever they want if that expert doesn't meet the standards that we've decided should govern the admissibility of expert testimony or scientific evidence. And generally speaking, what the rules of evidence try to do is balance probative value, which is like how likely is this to help the jury reach an accurate verdict, against prejudicial value. How likely is this to send the jury in the wrong direction because they believe something that's not true? And what I'm saying is, if you've got rap lyrics that reveal details that only the criminal could know, that's very probative. And I would tend to admit that. But if you've just got lyrics that say, I'm a dangerous person, you know, I commit crimes, I sell drugs, I like to shoot at police cars, something like that, there's really no reason to think that that reflects reality. So without a lot more indicating it that it's not the creation of a persona, I would say, if you introduce that evidence, you're going to bias the jury. You're going to lead the jury in the wrong direction, and you're less likely to get an accurate verdict. You mentioned uh, the First Amendment and this potentially having a chilling effect there. I know you've stated now on our program that you don't think it's as much a First Amendment issue as it is 14th Amendment. But certainly, to your point, it does have a chilling effect on artists. I mean, after all, this is a musician. This is an artist. And you might not like or agree with what uh, he is saying, but... Uh, the First Amendment certainly protects that kind of speech, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And, you know, I think 
one point that's important to understand here is that the kind of lyrics that are most likely to get you in trouble in this sense, the kind of lyrics that are most likely to make the jury think you're a bad person who commits crimes, tend to be protest lyrics. So if you're criticizing police brutality, if you're saying that you want revenge for police brutality, that's the sort of stuff that the prosecutor could introduce and bias the jury against you. But if we have a rule that that happens, then it really does chill this form of protest, which like, you know, you look at the history of rap, this is a very powerful form of protest against injustice. So I think we should be concerned about chilling or silencing that. So, Professor, what about you mentioned legislation, right? I know there's legislation in California that uh, Gavin Newsom signed recently dealing with the use of rap lyrics as evidence in criminal proceedings. There's also some uh, legislation at the federal level. And I, th- I know you mentioned earlier that you think that is the right forum for uh, solving this issue. Could you expand a little bit on your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think what we need to do is have rules in place that do a better job of distinguishing between the valuable evidence where, you know, for whatever reason, someone was stupid enough to actually confess to a crime in a rap and the very common adoption of a sort of anti-government criminal persona. And the way that you do that, you know, there are a bunch of different things that you could look at, but if you can tie lyrics to specific elements of an actual crime that was committed, that would help. So if there's specific details, so you're like, yes, you know, this song is about this particular murder rather than, you know, I shoot people who get in my way, which is totally generic. Um, or if there's specific details that only the criminal would know, I think that's like the slam dunk case. Um, or if you can show in some way that this was meant like literally or not figuratively, that this was meant to be a description of reality rather than a sort of story. Um, That kind of thing is hard to show. But so I I think what I would focus on and what a bunch of the laws do focus on is connecting specific details of the crime to specific details in the lyrics and not just letting the government say this is a bad, dangerous person. Look at all of this stuff they're saying, because that's the classic. You're prejudicing the jury against the defendant without any specific reason to believe that this is relevant to the particular crime that they're being prosecuted for. Professor Kermit Roosevelt from the University of Pennsylvania, thank you so much for joining us on the Sermapod. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Ideas, strategies, and opinions represented on this podcast are those of the speakers and do not represent the ideas, strategies, and opinions of their employers.